Who knew that all the emotions I had hoarded up in private seconds and minutes over a span of three years would spill out in front of a complete stranger during a medical procedure? Who knew that a message on the sovereignty of God would minister to the anxious places within me, those places where I knew God heard me when I prayed, but where I felt alone with my thoughts and cares? Who knew that I was not casting my cares on the Lord with trust, but I was maintaining them on shoddy life support? God did. He knew every pain, every fear I had. He saw every tear and every moment of utter weakness, and he used it to bring him glory and to perfect me in that weakness. And it is a continual process. Nothing was hidden or has been hidden from him. He sees everything. He knows everything. It is a comfort and it is convicting, but it is healing to my soul. The God who created the universe cares for his children. We do not have to feel him to know this to be true. We are not given the suggestion in the word of God to consider giving our cares to the Lord. We are commanded to cast our cares upon him. We cannot throw something with our fists clenched tightly around it. We let go of the burdens which weigh us down and cause us to take our focus off Christ. We trust him in the proverbial valleys and on the mountaintops of life. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Love Subscribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Subscribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Subscribe. I'm switching gears today and delving a little more into my own personal walk with the Lord in hopes that it will encourage other fellow sisters in Christ and those who are facing difficult situations right now or who have come through difficult times. This type of topic is not comfortable for me, as I do not enjoy sharing much about myself and exposing my own weaknesses, and I don't know who does enjoy doing that about exposing weaknesses. But what I am finding in my walk with the Lord is my comfort is being afflicted in this season of life. And it is good to be humbled by the Lord because uh, his, his word tells us that he chastises those that he loves. So I'm going to share a little bit as I've shared from time to time with that uh, things that I've gone through or my family we've gone through, not just in our uh, personal testimony of coming out of the hyper charismatic movement and such, but also the things that we've even dealt with the past few years. And I say this with knowing that all of us have dealt with things, and even on a global level, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, uh, how this pertains to this and what happened personally to encourage me in what we've been dealing with. But all of us have been dealing with things, and I think that that's one thing that has really helped me to understand that. And I hope it helps you to understand that put thing to, and to put things into perspective. If you're going through something, realize that there are other people around you that are also going through things. And we're not alone in that, and we also can um, learn how to show compassion to other people, to pray for them, to love, and to understand that we all are going to suffer and go through difficulties and hardships. But as believers in Christ, we have great hope, and that's the, the, the thing that we want to cling to is Christ and not to the cares of this world. And I have to admit that I have been one of those people in the past couple years that even though I thought I was letting go of things, I was really still clinging on to them. And it was causing some problems physically in my body. It was really bringing some unnecessary stress and it was bringing some issues to light and now looking at things that um, I wanted to share with you today. 
So last week I was in a room with a doctor in preparation for a procedure called VNG, which that is short for video nystagmography. Now, I have been dealing with very mild dizziness for almost a year now. It started back in April of 2021, and it's been annoying. It's not been debilitating. It's just been an annoyance, a very mild, feels like the room is shifting at times for a few seconds here and there, and it's been going on and off, and there I would go weeks without it, and then I would start having it again. So I was trying different things to remedy it, and it still wasn't going away. And then in January, I found out I needed glasses. And um, that was new for me as well. And so I had gone to an ENT and uh, been referred to an I had been referred to an ENT from my doctor. And during this time, I had found out about the the vision changes and was waiting for my prescription glasses. Well, the first rule out was from the ENT, uh, we're going to see if the glasses make a difference because it could be causing the the feeling of dizziness with the vision change. So I got the glasses. I seemed like I did well for a couple of weeks. And then I started noticing that I was having the dizziness here and there, just the, the very subtle room shifting feel. I reached out, messaged, and I said, you know, I'm still having this. It was seemed like it was going away, but now it's come back. So fast forward, long story short, I was scheduled for this test. So here I was sitting in this room with this complete stranger and she's going through my symptoms, asking me questions. And then she comes to the question of, are you under stress? And I immediately answered, yes. In a matter of seconds, I went from being composed to I was in tears. And I was pouring out my heart to this woman about the trials our family had endured over the past few years, specifically the health-related issues and even going back to the pregnancy. Now, I mentioned, you know, that we had had other personal things that happened. I didn't even delve into the whole church issue, but really started picking up with the pregnancy in 2020 and then a Nick's diagnosis of MS at the end or at the beginning of 2021 and all the things that he endured and we endured. And then I was, you know, I had physical things that I was dealing with that ended up being really simple things. So there were, and then there were just other things that just happened. It just seemed like everything, it just was never ending. There was always something that happened or freak accidents happened. And so there was not a reprieve from that. It felt like, and so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm doing something that I don't normally do in front of people, which is, is break down crying because normally I would do that in the in the privacy of my home when I had those moments and I would know that I wasn't alone but physically I was alone but yet I was before the Lord and I was in prayer or I was just crying out to God in the midst of whatever was going on that was the state that I found myself in in the past few years and for those who who do know what has been all that's been going on we've been going through some challenging times in several areas as as I've mentioned and it, it was like, it would just come in waves. And there have been times the waves seemed to be pushing me under. And frankly, much of it was my own doing, as I'm going to explain. During my time in the procedure that I had last week, it, it was it ended up being a blessing too, because this lady was a believer in Christ. She was a Christian. And so we began to encourage one another with our own faith in Christ, telling of his faithfulness in the midst of difficulty. She shared some of the things she was going through and had or had gone through in her family. And she said, I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but you know, and I said, no, it, it's really good. It, it's encouraging. And, and I was humbled and I was continually reminded that I am not the only one having gone through things. And it's been the same when, when I think about, you know, when my husband and I have to travel to Nashville for his doctor visits and we see people walk by us or attempt to walk by us, or they roll by us and w- with the aid of a cane or a wheelchair 
we have this moment of thanking God and remembering that there are others who have far more difficulty than what we are enduring. There's always someone that's suffering more than we are, and I think that that's something that we tend to forget. Um, we all we all tend to be very selfish, and and that sounds harsh to say, but it's true that all of us have this tendency to be selfish if we're going through something that we think we're the only one going through something that we're on the only one that's battling or in having this hardship or difficulty we don't think about that there are other people around us that are also suffering and people that are frankly suffering far more than we can ever fully comprehend and leaving that appointment brought initial relief and then as I thought about the test which overall was normal, I began to grab the cares of life I thought I had been casting onto the Lord, and I began to hold on them to them tightly. You see, I was clinging to the cares more than I was to my hope in Christ. And I didn't even think about that until this past week after some of the things that transpired after that test and things that were said to me that really needed to be said. I had not forgotten my faith in the Lord. I was trying to control something which I could not control. And I have imagined the worst possible scenarios over the past few years while asking God to help me in my weakness. And it is the strangest thing, but when you have something life-changing that happens, um, whether it's to someone that you love or to yourself, I don't know about you, and maybe, maybe you're a lot stronger than I am in this, but it seemed like for the past few years, after major things happen in our lives, major life changing things happened. It was almost as if I could, the the most, the worst case scenario that I could possibly imagine, that's what started to, to take over my thoughts. And I would find myself just thinking and just anticipating the worst thing to happen. And it, it would end up being okay. It would, it would end up being okay, or it would not be nearly what I thought it was. And, and the Lord was still in the, in the midst of my weakness and my, my doubt and my failure in not not trusting fully, really thinking I was trusting, but I wasn't trusting because I was still clinging to those cares and I was holding on to them and I was focusing more on them than, than Christ and really resting in him and trusting in him. I hope that that is making sense. And some people may, you know, look down upon this and, and trust me, there's things I'll share with you through this that there's a, there's mindsets and things that I've really had to... Uh, unlearn and to renew my mind with the word of God of not coming under that condemnation or thinking a curse is upon me for speaking out or coming out from a a spiritual covering or thinking that, oh, well, you know, you're not going to be healed. You're not healed because you don't have enough faith or you have this or that going on and, and learn, not learning to really trust in the Lord and the sovereignty of God as we'll also talk about. So I get that there's some people, if they hear this, they may immediately think, well, you need inner healing or you need deliverance or you need this, this, or this, when really I needed to have my mind renewed by the word of God and I needed someone to discipline, like give me correction to help me to understand you're, you're not casting your cares on the Lord. You're just holding on to them. You're putting them on life support. That's what I was doing. I was putting my cares on life support and I wasn't pulling the plug on them really. And I thought I was casting them, but they were just tethered. They were just being, being thrown, but I was still pulling them back and holding on to them and not really resting in God. And for those that may think that this is unappealing to hear someone talk about their weakness, or you think that it really, that you should be watching what you say and, and calling those things that are as though they were, which by the way, that's God doing that in Romans four seventeen. That's not us 
that's that's prescribed to do that, by the way. If you find this offensive, then you'll have to find it offensive because the truth is, is that we are all a mess. And apart from Christ, we cannot do anything. But with Christ, we can we can be strong because of him. Our strength is found in him. Our joy is found in him. And we are human and we are going to fall and we are going to have emotions and we are going to have setbacks and we are going to have difficulties that come and we're not going to be a pillar of strength. And that's one thing that I think has been freeing, but it's been um, scary at the same time in going through these things is that I don't have to be a pillar of strength. My strength comes from Christ. My strength comes from the Lord. In and of myself, I cannot be strong. And my strength is nothing, but in Christ, he, he will sustain and he will carry through, carry me through and carry our family through. And and it's about trusting him. And it's a process of understanding that and continuing to be renewed by what the word of God says. And so this is something that I'm realizing is part of this, of the walk with the fellowship and relationship with the Lord. And so it is important as, as unappealing as it might be to people, I think at the same time, it's helpful because there are people that come out of the similar things that I've come out of and it can be devastating. And especially if you have something, honestly, I think that if we, if my family had gone through what we went through and we were still part of the church that we were part of, I think that it would have spiritually devastated me. I really do. I think that, I think that my faith would have very much been shaken. And I don't know if I would have withstood that having been out of that and then having and growing in the understanding biblically of how to pray and understanding that suffering does come that we're not immune from it. Nobody is immune from suffering. Nobody is immune from sickness. Nobody is immune from death. Nobody is immune from um, hardships and difficulties and trials that happen. Nobody is immune from fear. Nobody is immune from anxiety. Nobody is immune from from all these things that can happen because of the world that we live in. But the good news is, is that we, if we were, in, if we were in Christ, then we have joy that the world can't take away from us. And we have peace and hope. And we need to be reminded of this daily. I need to be reminded of this daily. Because if not, then the waves that just come over, you know, like in Psalm 42, by the way, that's not an intimate call. That is acknowledging the psalmist is saying all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. He's acknowledging that God sent the breakers and the waves. And so there is this, this, uh, almost this cry, this lament of despair that comes from Psalm 42. But then the psalmist is saying, why are you cast down on my soul? Your salvation is in God. He's reminding himself of, yes, I'm going through these hard things, but my, my salvation and my hope is in God. That's a true picture of a believer is that we call out to God in the midst of our despair, in the midst of our sorrow, of our lamenting, and we remember where our help comes from and who our strength is in, and it's in Christ. And it's okay to be weak because you're not strong apart from God. And if you were, you wouldn't need God. I wouldn't need God. So I hope that this is helpful for those that don't find this unappealing or don't or or really can say, yeah, that... I understand because I see in scripture that this is the picture of a Christian, of a believer. We call, we call out to God and we trust him and battling with all this, you know, I was imagining the worst case scenarios and, and there had been moments of joy and praise because in spite of everything, God is faithful. He's answered prayer more than I can count. I mean, I, I give him all the praise and all the glory because even though I, you know, I don't want, I don't want my husband to have MS. I don't want my children to have to deal with different things. 
I don't want to personally deal with stuff in my own life, but I do see God's hand of blessing in in the midst of all that, of him moving so quickly to get us the help that my husband needed and to get him the care that he needed so quickly. I see God's answer to that. The the prayer that was that was answered in in that and the others that prayed with us. I see that he has been gracious and merciful and steadfast in his love. And the problem is not with God. That's the thing. And I've known this. And I but it's so important for me to say it out loud is that the problem is not with God. The problem is with the clay. And that's me. And that's you. God doesn't have a problem. Later on that evening, as I spoke to my husband about the procedure, I began to think on the what ifs rather than on God and his word. Even though the the test came back normal, there was still these thoughts in the back of my mind going, okay, this one shoe dropped last year. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't know if anybody else has been there, but that's where I honestly was with this. That he said things to me I needed to hear rather than what I wanted to hear. And essentially he said to me, you're going to have to let it go. You're going to have to let this go and be at, at peace and just go with the flow on this and, and just trust and trust. And I do not think he realized how prophetic that statement was because here I am thinking on 1 Peter 5, 7 and being reminded by God's word about casting our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. And that word cast means to throw. It is not an act of holding on to those cares. We give it to God, trusting him every step of the way. Our trust and hope is in him. It is not in the outcome. And I think that's one of the things that all of us forget. I'll just speak for myself then. I forget that. Even coming out of the movement that I was part of, and you don't have to be part of that movement to have this type of mindset. But sometimes we tend to think that God is good when we get what we ask for. That God is good when he answers our prayers the way He we want him to answer them. But his goodness is not based on the outcome because he's always good and he's always faithful and he knows what's best for us. He knows what is going to, to conform us ever more into his image. He knows everything. He knows everything before it's going to happen. And so that's one of the things that I know I've had to grow in the past few years in understanding God is not gracious and merciful and faithful and just and holy and worthy of praise because I get what I ask for and I get what I want the way I want it. No, it's not based on the outcome. It's just simply based on who he is. And it does not mean that when we cast those cares upon him, he will rescue us out of the difficulty. That's been a hard one to really understand because the background I came from, it was you you call things into existence, you name it, you claim it, you speak those things that aren't as though they were. You don't, you, you watch what you say, that there's death and life and the power of the tongue. Such misappropriation of scripture and misunderstanding of who God is and seeing time and time again in scripture that God's own people were subjected to oppression, but yet he uh, showed that he delivered them and helped them to understand who he was. He displayed who he was so that they would understand that, that he is God. We can rest in, in God knowing that he will care for us and and he will carry that burden for us because he is far greater at it than we are. And we can rest in knowing what Romans 8.28 says. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good 
for those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, the thing is with that is that we tend to think that whatever we deem as good is what God is going to do. But that passage helps us to understand that that all those who love God, all things work together for good. That means the things that we don't deem that are good. But yet God sees what they're going to do in us and he he uses them for his glory. And another providential moment came in hearing a message from a personal favorite of mine, Vody Bacham, and it was a sermon titled The Sovereignty of God. And he ministered mainly from Exodus 2, where the people of Israel cry out to God in the midst of their slavery and suffering, in, and how it's noted in verse uh, 24 and 25 of Exodus 2, that God saw the people of Israel, that God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Bodhi talked about how we have all faced difficulty in the past few years, and now there are new threats and concerns. He talked about the um, dealing with COVID, and now he talked about how the Russia and Ukraine war is going on, and this is causing some concerns with people and fear and anxiety. And along with this, there was a lot of issues that happened because of the pandemic, the the rate of suicide increase and depression and um, drug overdose, and there were a lot of different things that happened that affected people in such a a deep way. And he talked about how we deal with the fear and anxiety in these times, both with global issues and in personal trials. I have listened to this sermon, which I have a link to it in the bottom with the information about this podcast. And I encourage you to listen to it because it was so helpful and it was a blessing. And I don't want you to focus on because it's Vody. I want you to focus on because it's talking about the word of God and the truth of the word of God. And I've listened to this sermon several times now, and I'm so thankful for the word of God and the truth of the word of God. And I'm thankful to belong to the living God who cares. And he hears me when I pray, not because of me, but because of Christ and what Christ did. Vody touched on such verses as Psalm 55, 17, which says, Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He also touched on Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. And he ministered the following that I think will minister to you as well. God hears us. And it is a privilege indeed to be heard by God. It is a comfort to be heard by God. It may not seem like it in and of itself. When your circumstances are not changing, but just holding on to that theological reality brings hope. Through prayer, we commune with the Most High God. We have intimate fellowship with God through prayer. And whatever we're suffering, we know that, number one, it's temporary. And secondly, it is not worth comparing to what awaits us. Paul says it's this way in Romans 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. One of the things I've honestly struggled with over the past few years was touched on in this sermon, and it has been the thought of every struggle and trial being my fault. It is a rather prideful and conceited way of thinking, isn't it? And at the same time, it's also a broken way of thinking. And frankly, much of this came from my former beliefs, as I touched on a little bit ago. But it is not beholden to a particular belief system because we can all fall into that trap of thinking God's goodness and mercy is meritorious, that it's based on what we do 
that God will respond if we are good enough, if we do enough, if we just pray enough, if we, if we, if we do all the things that we know we're supposed to do, if, if we don't do anything to make him angry, that that's, that's when he'll do what we want him to do. If we can just do the things the right way. But this right here is a truth bomb for all of us. I must not have been good enough, right enough, perfect enough, because we know that that's how God operates. He, he watches us and he sees like if we're being good enough and if we're good enough and if we're right enough and we're perfect enough, then he says, yes, here, I'll give you this. No, because here's the reality. There is none righteous. No, not one. You have never in your life, nor will you ever be good enough to earn good from God. If God ever gives you what you earn, you'll wake up in hell. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God doesn't deliver his people because his people deserve deliverance. Because no people have ever deserved deliverance. And that's good news. Because what he remembers... It's not my sin, but his covenant. And that right there was something I pondered on for quite some time when I heard that in this sermon, because I realized that this was something that was revealing my own sin and my own weakness before the Lord. Part of the struggle that I had over the past few years in thinking I was casting my cares while keeping them on life support was that I was basing his response on how I perceived how good I was before him, or if he was pleased with me. And I didn't even realize that I was doing that, but I thought if I just pray enough, if I just do these things, and I, I was really reverting back to a lot of the things that I had been accustomed to, really, and not even aware of it. I'd fallen back and I'd fallen back into the same trap that I had once been in. And listening to him say this, I realized the truth of scripture that I've read over and over, even in Romans three, that tells us that no one is righteous. No, not one. No one seeks for God. None of us deserve God's goodness. There is nothing that we can do that is going to cause us to be so worthy enough to have the mercy and the goodness of God. There was so much in this sermon that I was listening to that I, that it really, it ministered to me and it brought such discipline and correction to me as a believer in Christ. And I had to be so thankful that I came across this message because of needing to hear it. And God knew, God knew what, what his, one of his children needed to hear, just like he knows what you need to hear at the time that you need to hear it. The, the, question is, are we going to listen and are we going to obey? And are we going to recognize correction and discipline that he brings to us as his children for what it is? And rather than, and rather than despise it and think, well, the enemy's just attacking me and I'm just being brought down low. Well, we're being humbled many times because we need to be brought low because, because of the things that we think that are just not true about God and they're unbiblical and they're not honoring God. And so this was this was a correction, but it was it was correction that was much needed because I didn't think about this this trap, <laughs> this meritorious trap that once again I had set. And I had to repent and ask God to forgive me for that, to forgive me 
for thinking that it was based on me praying enough or doing these other things and or thinking that it was because of something I had done that had brought all this stuff on our family and believing those lies once again when really coming back to the fact of this stuff would have happened even if all even if we never left there that all this stuff still would have happened because we didn't have any control over this, regardless of what people like to say about speaking things into existence. We just don't have that power. And the fact that God sees and he knows, it is an intimate knowing and a display of his amazing sovereignty. I'm telling you this message was a personal blessing. And if if you're dealing with things, even if you're not, I encourage you to listen to this because it's just, it's really an encouraging, powerful message. And it helps take us back to the word of God and help us to meditate on the word of God which is what we should be doing when we're facing things in our lives, whether we're in that proverbial valley or we're on that proverbial mountaintop. We need to remain in the Word of God and and to be encouraged by God's own Word that gives us instruction on how to live and conduct our lives and to who to put our trust in and our hope in when we're facing difficult times. God knows what we need when we need it, and that should bring us such comfort in the wilderness. There are real fears and anxieties we all face. And I'm not going to tell you that serving Christ and being born again shields you from cares, from fears, from heartache, from loss, or from hardship. That would be unbiblical, and I would be lying to you. But we are promised joy the world cannot give or comprehend, even in times of fear, heartache, loss, and hardship. We must keep our focus on our beloved Savior. We cannot hold on to these things while clinging to Christ. And that is what I was doing. And daily, I must go back to his word and renew my mind with it, focusing on him. The times when those cares come and the weight of them is real, I ask the Lord to strengthen me by his spirit. When the weight is there because I am holding on to those burdens, I repent before the Lord for thinking I can handle it better when I am truly a mess and I'm in need of my father. I thank God even in those times because there is always a reason to thank him. And and I remember what my precious Savior, Jesus Christ, did and his suffering on my behalf. And I think that this is really um, pertinent. And this part right here, I want to play for you this last clip. I believe that this is so vital for us to go back to because it really... Our, our focus must be on Christ, even in, in these hard times, these difficult times, these uncertain times. Our focus is to be on Christ and on Him alone and to remember the things that He suffered for our sake. And it really puts it in perspective for us when we, when we remember this. Whatever that fear and anxiety is, that we serve a God who hears and who remembers and who sees and who knows and if you ever want a picture of both how this works and why this works look to the cross because this god sends his only begotten son to the cross to redeem sinners and christ dies on the cross he suffers on the cross forsaken there on the cross and God the Father heard and remembered his covenant and saw and knew, not only from the perspective of Jesus who is enduring the cross, but from the perspective of those of us for whom Christ is enduring the cross. And in the cross, God says to us all, no matter what it is that you're enduring, I hear, 
I remember, I see, and I know, and I am working out your redemption. And I am so committed to your redemption that I crushed and killed my only begotten son on the cross so that your redemption could be guaranteed. And whatever it is that you're afraid of, whatever it is that you're enduring, it ain't bigger than a dead Jesus. And if God can raise Christ from the dead, because of and in order to demonstrate his commitment to the redemption of his people, then he can bring you through whatever it is that's causing you this fear and this anxiety. Because God always rescues his people, sometimes from, sometimes through, but always for his glory and for our good. And that is what we as believers in Christ want, isn't it? We want Christ glorified above all things. What a glorious reminder while we endure trials, setbacks, and difficulties. I hope that you're encouraged today by this. Do not succumb to the fear and anxiety. Cast your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you. Let it go. Be at peace with God. Meditate on His Word and look to the author and finisher of your faith because He is faithful. Be blessed today by this word. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesickscribe. And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, And we continue to grow together in loving the word and loving the one who is the word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.